Hey, Joe on Joe listeners, it's me, Joe Slepsky, and I'm back and you're back. This is the uh, the quarantine re-releases of our original tracks going back four years, and I hope you're enjoying these as much as I'm enjoying reliving them, warts and all. I, I, uh, I, I think you can easily hear where I'm finding myself and finding what the show turned out to be, so I'm really happy to share these with you guys. Again, we pulled these back from behind the Patreon wall, and I wanted to make them available to everybody during this time to share and give and listen and have fun, especially because G.I. Joe's back on YouTube now. So, yeah, so I appreciate that. And you guys uh, can always follow me at Joe on Joe Pod on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Let me know what you think of some of these early episodes, how terrible they are, or how funny they are, or how awful they are. And we're starting recording back up again, so reach out to me. Let me know, joeandjoepod at gmail.com. Let me know if you want to join me for an episode. I believe we're going to jump into G.I. Joe Extreme very, very soon. So without any further ado, here is the OG track from Joe on Joe four years ago. Enjoy. You are listening to the Joe on Joe podcast. The only podcast where Joe talks about Joe. And now, your host, Joe Slepsky. Welcome back to Joe on Joe. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Joe Slepsky. Uh, appreciate everyone who gives us a listen and follows us on Twitter, Joe on Joe Pod, Facebook, Joe on Joe Pod, Instagram. Send me an email at joeonjoepod at gmail.com. And I am still blown away by the excitement of the previous episode in the Cobra's Pit, which was uh, like the Fury Road of Joe episodes. It just it just never stopped. Um, we're gonna get a little. We're gonna kind of go a 180 on that in the Vines of Evil this week. It's not as exciting of an episode. It kind of slows things down quite a bit, like in a, in a, in a, not in a terrible way because there's a couple really cool things in it, but. Uh, well, we'll get into it and we'll, we'll discuss, but um, definitely a step down from In the Culver's Pit. But here we go with the Vines of Evil starting now. Yo, Joe! So, like I was saying, it's going to be hard to, to top the previous episode for just raw excitement. You know, you, you, you basically had a chase from start to finish of that episode where it started there fighting in the desert trans it switched to the air and followed all the way through to um to the desert where the sky strikers got knocked down and and they were um and it was it was a flint and roadblock and mutt and junkyard they were being menaced by those vines of evil um meanwhile you had the um zartan breaking the cobra commander out of the the swamp prison which is always fantastic swamp prison and um so just it was a lot going on there if you're looking for that same level of action and excitement you're not going to get it in this episode so first we're starting with a uh you know a recap of what happened basically duke and snake eyes are captured and and cobra commander has been captured um oh before we go any further today's uh file card is going to be uh focus is going to be on flint we're going to get into flint who is ably voiced by the amazing bill ratner uh and i think quickly very quickly became the lead male on gi joe um between 
Flint and the other character, actually, strangely, that is introduced in this episode for the first time, which we will uh, get to it. If you know who it is, you know who I'm talking about. But Flint was easily became the lead of the show, uh, almost as if like Duke was like the like the uh, the formerly cool older brother, and Flint was the guy that everyone wanted to hang out with. So we open with Roadblock and Flint both getting um, strangled by these uh, predatory vegetables, as, as, as Roadblock likes to call them. How much? How great is Roadblock? Roadblock just from the from the the speech pattern to just every everything's awesome about Roadblock. He's also kind of got a little Mister T in him. We call him the thing sucker. Uh. So they see that Mutt has survived the Sky Striker crash, and he's using the engines of the Sky Striker to uh, help fight these vines back. And if you remember from last episode, the vines, Destro shows the vines, um, he just puts like a couple drops of water on them, and the vines go crazy, and they almost strangled Zartan and, and Cobra Commander. And it falls into that trap of um i think it's i think it's actually i think you can use the um star trek next generation uh wharf uh analogy with it where they have to show that so Worf's the baddest dude in the world but he's the first guy that always gets his butt kicked and in this one they they show how dangerous these vines are just there's just one vine is so dangerous it'll kill you and yet somehow they manage to survive a whole valley full of them which is ridiculous. If they were that virulent with all that rain coming out, they would have been crazy overgrowing everything. So like it makes the heroes look even more heroic. Uh, jumping forward, once again, Cobra is in charge of uh, an arena of sport where the Joes can fight each other. And this time it's Snake Eyes and Duke, just like in the previous miniseries. Um, they seem to have learned a couple lessons. They've figured out a way to shackle them on the ground so Duke can't run away and uh, you know, escape the the console. They also take a big note from the movie Tron here. Uh, it it very this platform they're 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 fighting on, and certainly with the glowing uh, trident and glowing sword, of Star Wars Tronny. But it's it's all very much like the um, the disc the platforms for the um, uh, for the Tron discs game. And here, Cobra Commander lays Going out his Washington, plan. Um, We've got to get word to Joe headquarters. You know, uh, they're going to hit the capital and everything, and, and the shows have to figure it out. There's enough pure energy in this board to beam a message to Mars. But how do we tap into it? The thing with Snake Eyes, since he doesn't talk, All we need is an antenna. you've got answer, like kind of like a like a call and repeat, like where, where one character has to say, oh, I know what we need. And then and then they, they, they intuit from the, the silent character. And then they have to repeat it. Oh, you're right, Snake Eyes. We need we need that antenna. Um, so Snake Eyes figures out they can use one of the antennas that's controlling their power grid to kind of amplify his little uh, mini SOS radio that's in his belt that the Cobras forgot to take. Uh, and again, showing that Snake Eyes is amazing and the best and the best at what he does. It's Snake Eyes. He's using Joe Code Ultra. He's using Joe Code Ultra, which is um, awesome because I want to say I, I just I want to feel like that's a special Morse code uh, that the Joes have developed so only Joes can read it, which I really hope is is uh, the truth. So now the Joes know where to find these guys. 
All right, now of our file card uh, spotlight. We're going to talk about Flint. Uh, Flint is the warrant officer. His file name is Dashiel R. Fairborn. Uh, he is primary military specialty is infantry. His secondary military specialty is the is a helicopter pilot, and he's from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Flint was a Rhodes Scholar, and he earned his degree in English literature. He was bored by the groves of academia. He enlisted in the army, and the tenacity and concentration he had used so well scholastically to grind his way through the Airborne School, Ranger School, Special Forces School, and finally Flight Warren Officer School, graduating each with top honors. A thorough tactical planner, Flint drafted and personally led a half-dozen rescue missions in hostile territories that, for obvious reasons of security, were never publicized, let alone admitted to. So now we see that Cobra is threatening to use their weather control device, which, if you remember, is the MacGuffin. They're going to use it on Washington, D.C., so they're, they're starting to evacuate D.C. Clutch comes in here. It tells us that Doc, who is a uh, medical doctor, all of a sudden has created a uh, energy shield, and redirect energy. which will absorb Lock direct energy and redirect energy. Right? Blowtorch. Um, all of this starts to make not a lot of sense. And they bring Blowtorch in, who's got a great costume. So Blowtorch fires his Blowtorch, which again, J. Joe does great firework. And uh, you see that Doc's device kind of absorbs the, the energy from, and then it redirects it. And then they, they, they use it as a laser. So basically it's, it absorbs energy and then shoots it back at you and destroys you. This is very cool. A couple problems. Doc is a doctor. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure he's smarter than your average doctor. He's a soldier. I'm sure he's quite capable in all manner of things. But uh, I guess they didn't have sci-fi yet. They didn't have the laser trooper or, but no, because they had Zap. Zap would have come up with something like this. It just seems a stretch. I don't see Ben Carson uh, whipping up a laser uh Laser refraction device. Let's put it that way. We'll be right back. Now back to GI Joe. But moving on from Doc's brilliance, because Doc's great. So I don't mean to rip on him. It just seems a little implausible. Uh, we're we're back in the pit with the Sky Striker, and these fellows who now we know that Flint's secondary specialty is he's a helicopter pilot. So it makes total sense that he's able to kind of rig together a uh, little mini helicopter device, kind of a whirly gig, if you if you may, to get these guys out of the situation. And it's, it's of course, it's Flint, it's Roadblock, it's Mutt and Junkyard. Mutt and Junkyard, you know, Mutt being the dog handler, Junkyard being the dog, who's adorable. And uh, and they're gonna they're gonna fly on out of the um, flying out of the valley. So the quote for. Flint's file card is we had thought Cobra had us in the stinking dungeon for good so we didn't know what was going down when we heard that chopper coming in and all the heavy hardware going off like the 4th of July then somebody kicked down the door to our cell and when the smoke cleared there was Flint with that lopsided grin saying come on boys we're going home so that lopsided grin what they're talking about is that's it's Han Solo. It's Harrison Ford. Uh, if there was anyone that was modeled to be that, it would be Flint. Uh, very much like Indiana Jones. Very much like Harrison Ford's characters at the time, which were hugely popular, of course, in the mid eighties. So the Joes escape. They escape the ravine. 
Roadblock gets left behind because he gets snagged by the vines, and Mutton Junkyard and Flint are the only ones to escape, and they're like, oh, you know, Roadblock basically says, go without me. I'll figure a way out, uh, and he lets himself go. The same kind of uh, bravery that would be uh, on display in the uh, G.I. Joe movie a couple of years later uh, when uh, Roadblock is the only guy to escape with the snaked, snaked Cobra Commander. So Mutt and Flint have uh, beaten up a couple Cobra goons and disguised themselves as Cobra, and they're heading to the nearest town, which we will soon find is named like Cobra Town. And they have like the Cobra Bar and the Cobra Pharmacy and the Cobra Haberdashery. It's pretty great. And they're they're talking about the Dominator, and we're about to get the quote of, quote of the show from Cobra Commander. It's it's going to be great. Um. But if you see, so far, not much has happened in the show. It's not, it's not boring, per se. Give me no butts. Lower the Dominator. Fast-paced. And there was the line of the show. Give me no butts. Lower the Dominator. You, you know, it is what it is, right? No, not sunlight. So once again, we see Zartan getting attacked by the sunlight. Uh, kind of a reminder for the toy, and then and here's Destro, kind of kind of being a dick. Uh, he's laughing at a man's disability. Because really, that's what it is for Zartan. It's a disability, and Darth Destro thinks it's funny. That's great. Cut to back to the vines. Thank we're all happy. Roadblock's safe because we love Roadblock. But um, if those vines were as deadly as Destro was saying. He would be dead meat. He's, he just waited until the sun came up. I'm happy he's alive. Don't get me wrong. Because then we get more rhymes. So now Cobra's uh, waging. They just fired off their weather dominator. And they're sending uh, some some kind of poorly drawn tornadoes to destroy uh, Washington, D.C. And here's the part of the plan that I just cannot wrap my head around. And I don't understand. Uh, so. So the Joes have these energy mirrors and Cobra sending wind and tornadoes and stuff at them. And what exactly are the energy mirrors supposed to do? Which again, I'm not saying Doc's not wrong, but how, how are energy mirrors supposed to stop against uh, the, the wind of a hurricane or, or, or a tree that got uprooted and flies at you? Um, Cobra's not blasting the city with the energy. It's just, it doesn't, this whole section seems ill-conceived. And now a bunch of hailstorms, giant hailstones come down from the ground, and they just start shattering the mirrors, which is going to leave Mark. Uh, Certainly had uh, dents on my car from it, so I'm assuming these giant giant, uh, beach ball-sized hailstones are going to do some bad, bad bombing. But let's move beyond. Let's move band. Let's just say G.I. Joe knows what they're doing and they just got to weather this storm, you know, quite literally. Um, so we all know Flint. He's got that great look. He wears the, uh, he's got the beret, you know, and uh, the camo pants and he carries the uh, sawed off shotgun. And we're going into break. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Now, back to G.I. Joe. So, Flint just has a good look. And, and a good look and voiced by the very capable uh, Bill Ratner. Uh, it's it's no surprise that Flint 
uh, eventually goes on to become the the lead of the show. Uh, and in the meantime, we got Flint and Mutt with Junkyard on their side walking through, and they get they reach the Cobra Cafe, which is straight out of um, what Casablanca. It's a rundown dive, you know, desert town bar, just full of scumbags, and looks like Dreadnought castoffs. Like it's the cantina from Star Wars, really, but with humans. And there's a Cobra soldier on piano, which is really great, uh, and a bunch of goons with a like rodent-looking dog, really ugly dog with green eyes. And they, you know, they do, they do, they do what thugs are supposed to do. They threaten to, you know, beat up the completely brand new strangers in town. Which means th- there's a lot of dudes there. Did they all get this treatment when they first came in? Because at one point everyone was a stranger. So did did everyone that came into this bar have to get beaten the sh- beaten up in order to just sit down and have a nice cold beer, Cobra or not? So a fight breaks out. It was very quick. Uh, Mutt punches a dude that looks like the sailor from The Punisher. And um, there's a dreadnought looking guy with pink hair. And the whole time, there's a gentleman, don't shoot the piano player, sitting in the corner, reading a paper, kind of uh, blindly unaware of what's going on. And we get a glimpse of who he is. Now, if you if you know the toys, you know who he is. But if on the show, you're like, who's, who's this intriguing gentleman? And we're about to find out. Oh, but before that, we get Mutt scaring a dog away with growling at him, which is dynamite. And here we go. First introduction to one of the greatest shows of all time. You uh, don't live around here, do you? Don't be so nervous. I'm not with Cobra. Then who are you with? I'm with myself and anybody who can pay my price. The name's Shipwreck. Yeah. Why would that interest us? Because, because you like exactly dudes named after shipwrecks. That's why. Now, you Flint. Pay my shipwreck's great. Shipwreck oh, is... Uh, he's also got a Han Solo thing going on. Except uh, with the um, with the voice stylings of uh, Jack Nicholson. He sounds like Jack Nicholson, too cool for the room, and he's a mercenary, so he'll do. He's 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 essentially the the anti uh, Zartan, where he's a bit of a mercenary. It sounds like he was in, and well, we're not doing his file card, but we'll we'll get to him. But uh, I think he was in like the Merchant Marines or something, and he's just gonna you know he's gonna mercenary around. So if you can have Zartan, we can have shipwreck. Um, we haven't met Polly yet. Uh, I. Don't know if that's in this episode, but I cannot wait to meet Polly because he's great. Or she's great. Polly's a girl. Yeah, I think some Polly, I think Polly's a girl. So now back to the weather dominator. Duster fires a bolt and now they start shooting uh lightning. So it's huge lightning storm firing on DC. Finally, the energy mirrors actually get hit by energy and they absorb it. And then they're about to, you know, like they're going to charge up and then they're going to fire energy back. And uh, so this makes sense. Roger, GH. But. The redirection mirror is in position. Now, redirect the energy. It makes sense for electricity, but it only makes sense for electricity. It made no sense for hail or wind. So I say to you, Cobra and Destro, Mr. Tactician, why did you change up your strategy? 
of hitting them with tornadoes and hurricanes and uh, light soothing showers that would just keep their underwear wet and soiled and never really get comfortable. So it would itch the whole time that they're in their cars. So dock fires, uh, they collect all the energy they, 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 uh, from their handheld uh, mirrors and then they collect it with Doc's mirror and he fires it back. Of course, it behaves like energy only in G.I. Joe behaves where it curves with the earth. It doesn't actually hit a satellite or anything. And he shoots it and he hits the weather dominator and it's so explosive it sends the weather dominator into space breaking into three distinct parts <laughs> yes you heard me right his energy blast turned the weather dominator into basically a rocket that shot into suborbital space and cleanly split into three pieces in three pieces Lady J said it the best. Of crazy all over the world. Well, now they're in trouble. That's the part that's exciting, is that now that the whole world is threatened because the crew of the Dominator went nuts. So now we have some real, real, like, high stakes. We're well into the, well into the, uh, into the episode, so it's a little slow going for this specific episode. Um but now it's like, okay, I see what's going on. The whole world is in danger, and the Joes have to get it and stop it. Um, I don't think they ever made this desert skiff for uh, Shipwreck, because Shipwreck just pulled out a big old desert boat, and the guys jumped in it, and they're using it like wind power to travel on the on the desert. I don't think they ever made that. I'm fairly positive they never made that toy, but it's totally fun. It's like a you know like a weird water world mad max kind of way and so their cliffhanger is they're about to get caught in a sandstorm which is totally tearing up this boy boat and these guys are getting messed up uh mutt gets thrown off junkyard strangely fine on the boat i would figure junkyard would have been would have been a little more messed up but yeah junk mutt is uh dooned out into the dunes and that's our cliffhanger, boys and girls. Go to the commercial. We get a little teaser for what we're going to get for next episode. So, like I said, it's not a it's not a bad episode by any stretch because you get you get the introduction of shipwreck, you know, which is great. You get snake eyes. You get to see snake eyes doing some kung fu. Um, it's just it's. There's a weird imbalance between all that action of the first episode and then just a lot of nothing in this episode until the very, very end. I feel like I feel like you could have rejiggered some of the plot elements and, and I don't I don't know. I don't know. It just I feel like this was a bit of a placeholder for them. Uh, I don't know if you agree, if you disagree. If you agree, you know, shoot me a note, Twitter me out, tweet me out, Joe and Joe Pod, or send me a note on Facebook if you agree. Uh, or if you think I'm full of it. But either way, uh, either way, it's still a great, great show, great episode. Don't get me wrong; very exciting. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Join me next week as we get into the part three of the Revenge of Cobra miniseries. And uh, this has been Divines of Evil. And just remember, now you Joe, and Joeing's half the battle. <laughs>